and welcome to episode 13 of View from the Sideline. Uh, I'm Chris and Rich is back with us this week. Hi Chris, good evening. How are you doing? Not too bad, yourself? Yeah, good thanks. Good episode last week. Thank you very much. Um, of course, listen to it. Yeah, uh, good uh, Good to be back. Yeah, great to be back. What to live up to this week? Yeah, so uh, what from, is coming up? last week's episode. <laughs> What is coming up on this week's episode? So, episode 13, we've got the uh, usual uh, review of the Premier League games. Uh, We've got a shortened EFL review this week, uh, so we've only got the details from the Championship games, because this week Chris is doing a special FA Cup summary, Uh, so there was no League 1 or League 2 games over the weekend. Uh, this week's special topic, which will be coming up in part two, is around players coming out of retirement. So for both club and country, which is quite relevant with uh, Wayne Rooney coming back for Thursday's game for England. Uh, after that, we'll take a quick look at the predictions because uh, we've had 11, 11 weeks worth now, I think. So the table's building up nicely, so uh, we'll go through that and the details of the coming weekend's games. Uh, And then we will finish off by letting you know what's coming up next week. But as always, we will start with the weekly teaser, which is over to you, Chris. Yep, so uh, I'm doing uh, the teaser this week. I did it last week for Adam and and, uh, he actually got it right first, so he's... He's one podcast, one teaser. So yeah, he's he's one of one. Yeah, hundred percent. Puts record. a bit of pressure on uh-huh. us. Yeah. So uh, this this teaser is a FA Cup sort of themed teaser. Um, I have given you a, a clue in this one because I think it might have been a bit difficult without a clue. Um, so it is who Thanks, was last season? <laughs> who was last season's top scorer in the FA Cup? And your clue is the player is currently playing in the championship. So. Ah. Okay. Okay. So uh, have a little think about that. But I think it's one of those, if you know, you know. If you don't. I think I do know. But I'm sure throughout the uh, duration of today's podcast, I'll, um, I'll change my mind. Okay. I'm quite happy with that one because I thought the teaser was going to be related to the Yeovil goal montage you uh, put on last week's podcast. It, well, it, a lot of people highlighted the fact that they really liked that montage and they liked the effort, the effort that I put into good. it. I just wasn't <laughs> expecting every goal in, in the history of Yeovil <laughs> Football Club. They were important to, goals. To you know, I had to give the people what they wanted. They wanted yeah, more absolutely. goals. <laughs> it's very impressive, Chris. Very, very, uh, very technical. You're very we uh, we won't go into how long it actually took me, but I will tell you <laughs> at a later date how long it took me to do that. <laughs> okay, so we will go into the uh, Premier League weekend review, and the first game up was the Cardiff Brighton game. Um, a bit. Well, I, I, I would say a shock. But not. I was, it was hard to describe this one because, although I know Brighton have been playing quite well recently, Cardiff haven't been playing that badly against teams in and around them. So, 
Uh, obviously, they registered their first win of uh, the season, um, but it was some some poor defending from Brighton overall in the game, which is unlike them considering you know they went on that run of of winning one nil three games in a row. So I just wondered what you thought about that. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you. I think f- from a Brighton perspective, I think the the red card definitely changed the game. Um, I don't think they can have too many complaints. I think from from it my was, view, it was, it was a definite red. I think it was justified. I think the red card was justified. It was it was quite yeah, bad. Yeah, I'd tackle. say so. Um, I think. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they'd held on for sort of an hour an hour plus with ten men. So there's there's got to be an element from from a Brighton perspective that they've got to be gutted to to concede a goal in the last minute like they did. I thought they I thought they defended okay. I think they obviously had to change their game plan a bit. Um, so I mean it's never ideal when you go down to ten men away from home, um, especially I think I'm sure they were one nil up, weren't they? When when they went down to ten, they, uh... they were winning. Um, but from a Cardiff perspective, they, they they didn't stop. They didn't stop fighting. And I think playing at home in a game that is winnable um, against 10 men, that's absolutely the sort of game that they should be. Definitely. They, yeah. They've got to look at get, getting three points from if they're going to stay in the division. So the fact, I mean, they they, they never gave up. They, they, they went right until the end and managed to get a winner at the death. So... So the uh, the Bamba goal, I think it was again. It was wasn't great defending, um, but obviously Bamba managed to just stab it home at the end. But yeah, it's I a think bit you of could tell in the box really. But yeah, Brighton you, probably should have cleared it. But you could tell how much that meant. I think for them and for the fans. I think by um, I found it quite funny that he took his shirt off and he got away with it because apparently the referee didn't see him and he asked. Yeah, him they interviewed him after. <laughs> <him. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny, um, but that's an automatic yellow in it. But I guess you can let him off. I mean, yeah, it's not, not it going to cause too much damage. Good game for Cardiff and a, a good win for them. Um, do you see this now as a, a stepping stone to more wins? Or do you think that the, they've won now and having an international break is not going to help them, having that, that sort of time between the games? I don't think games. international breaks going to help them. I mean, it, I think I think that's their second win, isn't it? They they beat Fulham. Oh yeah, so, so yeah, second so, win. So they've got they've got two wins. I don't know. I mean, it, it's not going to do them any harm. I'm not I'm not going to put my neck on the line and say that I think they're going to stay up now because they've got a bit of momentum, but. Yeah, I mean, having a week off probably isn't the ideal thing for them, but they got three points. They can't really ask for much more than that. They just have to go into the next game and try and build on it and see where it goes from there. I, I, unfortunately, I still think they'll go down, but they'll they'll go down yeah. fighting. So uh, next up was the Huddersfield-West Ham game. Um, again, Huddersfield, Huddersfield did, did play really well in this game, I thought, especially in the first half. They created quite a few chances, um, obviously got the goal. Um, but Fabianski did make some good saves to, to keep it at 1-0. Um, but what was your... So the, the so the West Ham goal, four Huddersfield players on the line and he still managed to get it into the goal. I thought that was quite clever. Well, I think 
Well, I've, I, the only place the ball could physically go in is is it is where it went in. I think um, the game as a whole. I think Huddersfield. I, I agree with you. I think Huddersfield played pretty well. To be honest, it's surprising what what a win will do for a team at the bottom. I mean, they yeah. came off the one 0 win against Fulham. Uh, I think it was on Monday night. So, I mean, they obviously went into the game with a bit of confidence and took the lead. I mean, again, they're quite similar to Cardiff for me. That they're always, they'll always, they'll always give it a go. So, if they, if they do go down, they won't go down without a fight. Um, I don't know. I think I think a draw was probably a fair result. I don't think West Ham can have too many arguments, to be honest. I think. On on paper, any team playing Huddersfield is probably favourites to win. So, Huddersfield, four points from their last two games, considering how many points they'd accrued so far in the season, they're going in the right direction. Yeah, I, I you know, they they are playing well. And, and I think they're correct, because even when they played Liverpool, um, the game before this one, they... they they were creating they chances. Well yeah, they, they they played really well in that game, I thought. And they they created enough chances, but there was just no one really there to to actually put it um, in, in the back of the they, net. But they they hit the bar, didn't they? Uh, the weekend when they were one nil up, it was yeah. sort of a cross come shot that it was one of those ones that hits the bar and sort of rolls agonisingly along the goal line, but just just doesn't go the other side. I mean, a, a couple of inches the other way, and it, the they go two nil up. It's a completely yeah. different game, but I, I'm not. I'm not sure they'll be that disappointed with a point. I thought, to be I, honest. I thought they'd be happy with that. To be yeah, so every point sort of helps. I, I just think it's probably because the other teams in and around them, well, apart from Fulham, one at the weekend. It's probably not as uh, not as beneficial as it could have been. No. Good game, though, I thought. Yeah, was, yeah. So the the Leicester Burnley game, um, obviously, the quite an emotional day for the Leicester fans and players and everyone involved in the club. It's obviously their first game at the King Power, um, obviously since that tragedy. Um, and I thought Sean Dyche summed it up quite well after the game in his interview, where he said, you know, at the end of the day, the, the result was irrelevant today. Um, it was obviously about uh, everyone in, inside the ground and the support that the fans gave. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought I thought it was all done really well. I thought you know it was. I, I, I completely agree with it. It, yeah. it just it, it almost well it, it does put it into perspective. It's it's just a game of football. Yeah. At the end of the day, I I, I think the game was almost secondary to to what was going on. Um, and rightly so, I think. I think that it was. I think it was brilliant how how the fans showed their respects, and um, I think you can you can you can tell that some of the players are still quite affected by it, to be honest. Um, and I think it will take a while for them to get over it. I, I don't. I've got to be honest. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure that they would that worried about the game if, if that makes sense no I mean, yeah I think it's you're right. almost as if they just I, I, I would imagine they probably just wanted to get the game out of the way because it was the first game at home since since what happened um there was always going to be a, a more of a spotlight on it because of that and because of the the tributes and that that were paid and um and that sort of thing I think 
the game was almost it, it had to happen but yeah yeah so the game the game itself um joe hart after a few bad games shall we say not entirely his fault i'd say it's more the defense in front of him but he actually had a good game i think he got man of the match actually on saturday um, i think yeah a clean sheet for burnley after sort of so i'm not some sure of the score lines they've been having is 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 pretty good yeah so before this game leicester were the only club to have scored in every premier league game this season um I didn't know that. That's yeah. a good stuff, Chris. Thanks. Uh, so obviously that's run out now, but again, like we said, I don't, I think I think any any result on the Saturday, I don't, I don't think it would have it would have mattered, and it, it rightly no, probably doesn't yeah, matter. Absolutely. It like I say, it, it's secondary to to what the important thing was around around that game. Okay, so we'll move on to the Newcastle game uh, against. Bournemouth. Uh, so back-to-back wins for Newcastle and back-to-back defeats for Bournemouth. Um, Newcastle, Newcastle for Europe, I think. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle. Um, it it was it was a strange game. I thought there was quite a few decisions in this game from a referee point of view. There was you know a possible penalty for Bournemouth on, on Brooks. He, he went down. Um, I think it probably was. I, I thought it was, it was a penalty, penalty. Um, but the uh, Rondon, who hasn't really made that much of an impact since signing for Newcastle, comes up with the goals in this one, um, and that's what he can do. I think that is what what was seen on Saturday was the potential that he has. He's he was out muscling the defenders. He was he was he was making a menace of himself. Um, but I completely I think... agree with you. I, I remember, I, I remember saying uh, in one of the first the first episodes of the podcast um, about how I thought Rondon would be a really good signing for Newcastle, and unfortunately he hasn't done it. I mean, it, I think it was related to the Spurs game because when when Newcastle, when Spurs went their first game of the season, I thought he played pretty well. And since then, he hasn't really, really done it for them. But I, I 100% agree with you. He he bossed that back four. And I think the second goal just was, was it almost epitomised what he's good at. When Kennedy gets the ball on the left, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant cross into the box. And Rondon just sort of muscles the defender and gets his head on head, it. It's yeah. a bullet into the back Great of the header. net. Almost like Shearer. Um and I think that's what he can do, but he just hasn't done it on a consistent enough basis for them, which is well, obviously doesn't help them. It doesn't help their uh, their position. But like you say, two wins in a row, considering the form they were in, so it, it can't be a bad thing for them. No, six Bour- points out of six is, is a pretty good return. Yeah. Bournemouth did have a, a good chance towards the end. It was, I think, it was Jordan Ibe. Um, missing probably their best chance they had in the second half um, but for Bournemouth now obviously they had, they had such a great start to the season and I w- in, in all honesty they probably didn't think they'd get much out of the Man United game but I think they'd be quite disappointed about how they played on Saturday because they are better than how they played without a shadow I, I of think, doubt so. I think Bournemouth on Saturday that was one of the worst performances I've seen them this season. 
But you've got to give Newcastle credit at the same definitely, time. Definitely, definitely. And they've turned, think, it, they've turned it round, which is, is good to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I thought... I, I probably would have gone for a Bournemouth win in that one, to be honest, before the game. But Bournemouth same. weren't really at the races and Newcastle... Newcastle were really so I don't I think I'd, definitely a fair result yeah Good so um, the Southampton Watford game uh, well <laughs> this I, is, think this, this I is, think this will be remembered for one this, this has got a lot it's to talk the, about uh, but obviously the on the back of this um, a very funny clip of the, the Charlie Austin interview uh came out after the game which uh we are going to play later aren't we just it'd be rude not to just because it is probably the funniest thing i've seen on the internet this year so we will we will play it what's your view on it then so what's what's your view on it of him at what he's did after the game well the whole the whole the whole the whole incident so So, i mean obviously it's it's quite clear what's leaded to it. So first off, so the the, the, the disallowed goal. So the the questions that are being asked was did was Yoshida blocking the goalkeeper's view, which I've I've seen the goal five times now maybe. I is don't think was, is that what it was given for. Yeah. So the disallowed goal was because. The referee is saying. I thought I thought it was given because he thought it came off him. No, he's saying that the that Yoshida was blocked because he was in an offside position. Oh, that's even worse. That's either yeah, you are right. You are right. He he said he's either touched it or he's in he's in front of the 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 goalkeeper, so he's blocking the goalkeeper's view. But when you see it, he is nowhere near the nowhere near that. I honestly, I, I, I don't know how they've not been, um, you know, how the goal hasn't stood, and and I have to say, how sort of refreshing it is for a player to come out after the game and be very honest, shall we say? You know, he 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 does not hold back in, in that interview, but he's quite clever with the interview. He's he doesn't he doesn't directly name anyone, um, but. Do well, you think he's, he's pretty much naming the officials? Yeah. Do you think that he is gonna anything is gonna come of that, or do you think? Yeah, I think he'll get. I think he'll get a hefty fine. I'd be really surprised if he didn't. Because that's but, the sort of stuff they're going to make an example of, and I, I feel that in the heat of the moment, he should have his. He should be allowed to vent his. It's a, It's an. If, if I was doing an interview with someone with anyone and they were angry, I'm not. You know, it's just oh, but how football works, and it is unfortunately you're you're probably right. He is gonna um, something's gonna come of this, but it, it's such a difficult one. So I, I I saw the interview before I'd seen the highlights. So and my first sort of reaction was that it was going to be quite a close decision, something that was sort of borderline <laughs> where. He's he's just frustrated. If, yeah. you look at, if you look back, and we, we say it every week about Saints that they they just don't look like they're going to score enough goals. But if you look at Austin individually, I think he's got one goal this season, which was back at the end of August. And 
my immediate thought was that it's just born out of pure frustration because he scored a goal which has been disallowed that yeah. would have put Saints 2-1 up. Uh, they're, they're desperate for the win because of the position they're in. Um, but when I actually saw it, I mean, it is it is pretty bad, to be honest. But I do... I, I slightly side more towards his frustration, I think. The, the referees and linesmen have, all, and have almost got an impossible job because they, they haven't got the benefit of of TV replays currently without no. VAR being in the Premier League. It's it's almost on a split second, sometimes a gut feel about about a decision. But, I mean, t- to you or I watching it, or, or to the listeners watching it 10, 15, 20 times, it's, it's blatantly obvious that it's a wrong call. I, I think what would be more beneficial in an instance like this is the referee coming out actually talking about yeah I agree I agree with that because they 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 are on a hiding to nothing really but let let's get their side of the story let's get this the their their view of the incident and why they gave the decision they did because I, I I'm not denying Charlie Austin's um, frustration and his passion at all. He wants to win. He wants the team to win for the fans, and he feels that they've been denied that because of a, a terrible decision, which they they have really. But um, I think there's two sides to it all, and I think the the fact he's come out and done what he's done, I think he will get. He will get some sort of punishment. I'm not. I, I expect it will just be a hefty fine. I can't see them banning him or anything no, like no, that. No. But I, I've always, I've always been sort of the view that it would be good to get the officials out and and get their view on it because you, you never hear that side of it. They're just they're too protected, aren't they? I think sometimes I think. They... Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of. If you see that, so in my opinion, Watford 100% should have had a penalty. So, yeah, I was about to say I there mean, was other decisions as well. I would almost say that how the ref hasn't given that is is not far off as bad a decision as the ref disallowing Austin's goal. So, this is so, the, the Bertrand tackle on uh, Chalibur, isn't it? The... Yeah, I mean. Mm. I know sort of where the ref's positioned, he's probably at the wrong side, but that that's a stonewall penalty for me. So and then I think I think probably what makes it worse is is Watford's equaliser sort of takes a bit of a wicked deflection and and spins in and Saints were pretty much in control of that yeah. game, I thought. And I just See, I probably think there's five or six factors which is which has sort of bubbled up to give Charlie Austin that that reaction, really. But I, I don't think you can blame him. I mean, he's he's passionate. He's, no, yeah. He wants to win football matches, so you can't you can't knock him for that. They um, the goal that Southampton scored, I just have to say, it was pretty poor defending from Watford from the corner. Um, I think if you ever want to see how not to defend a corner, watch that goal because it was pretty bad. Good finish though. He still yeah. put it in the net. Yeah. Um, but obviously but, uh, a lot of controversy in that one, and then the whole VAR thing's brought up again. So have to wait and see. Wow, I but, just, I mean, it's made him an internet sensation. 
I love that clip. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen it, but like I said, we'll uh, we will play it later on. Um, but we will move on now to the Palace Tottenham game. Um, I'm just going to quickly say something before you defend Tottenham. Um, this is the second game in a row now where I felt that Tottenham have been quite lucky. I think last week against Wolves, they were in control for most of the game, but towards the end of the game, Wolves oh, could have easily, could have easily got a third. And I thought this weekend it was almost the same, but I have to say at times Tottenham were a bit sloppy with the ball. Um, but I just want to see your point, your view on on the on the whole uh, thing. Really. I don't, I'm not. I don't necessarily agree with you. I don't think, I don't think, I wouldn't say Spurs were lucky. Um, Just quickly on the Wolves game. I mean, yeah, Wolves had chances, but I don't think they had, they had many more chances than any team has in any football match. That, that the, that the reality of it is they, they had two penalties. I mean, the chances of scoring a penalty are pretty high. So, to get, yeah, I mean, being being three nil up and then sort of hanging on at the end and winning three two is not ideal. But I think if you take out the fact that both goals were penalties, I thought they were. I mean, going away to a promoted side, they're always going to put a bit of pressure on you. But I, I thought it was a good win for Spurs last week. This, the Palace game, I think it's it's never any, I don't think the conditions helped at all. The rain did not help towards a, a fluid game of football. I, without, without being biased at all, I thought, I thought Spurs played okay. I think Palace had their chances, especially at the end. Um, I think Lloris made a good, a good save. He, he looked a bit, I mean, he came out for a couple of crosses and flapped at them, which, which wasn't great, but I think from a shot-stopping perspective, I thought Lloris played okay. I think Spurs deserved to win it, to be honest. I thought it was a good win. I think yeah, that's, I, what, that's what Spurs are doing at the moment. They're yeah. just sort of quietly going about their business. They're they're winning by by the odd goal. So the, I mean, the goal difference isn't great compared to the other teams at the top. But the one thing that really impresses me and gives me confidence being a Spurs fan at the moment, is the squad depth. If you right. think over the last three or four weeks, the, the amount of players he's used, and we can always go back to the to the summer where Spurs didn't make any sign-ins, etc., etc. But I think you've just got to look at the back, the, the back four, where you've got, Spurs have got four really good international level fullbacks. And we've also got four quality international centre-backs now as well. If you think that, that, that Foyt is... I mean, I think he was pretty lucky to, to keep his place, to be honest, after Wolves. But And I know he got the winner, but I mean, he's keeping Sanchez out of the team. And Sanchez is, is a quality defender. Uh, obviously, Vertonghen's out injured, but it's, it's even people like Harry Winks. Harry Winks is playing really well at the moment. Even Sissoko. And, I mean, the fact that the Spurs fans are singing a song about him just sort of shows... Yeah, he has a song. <laughs> ...how far he's come. But, I mean, 
we're making a big deal of that because they've got they've got a chant for him. Yeah. But it, when Yama played, uh, started the match and he played well. Um, obviously we've got Dembele, Deli Ali played. Ericsson was on the bench. Winks was on the bench. Um, Eric Lamella's almost like a new sign-in. Lucas Mora, I know he only signed last year, but I mean he he's really showing what he's capable of. And I think from a from a twenty three man squad perspective, I think I think Spurs are in a pretty good place at the moment. And to be honest with you, that's what impressed me most about them against Palace. I think yeah. the players that wouldn't necessarily always play played, and they played well. So there was so, um, no half of Palace either, was it? So. so hopefully, I've answered your questions there, Chris. You, you've answered it in a very non biased way. Thank you. Anyway, right. So, kind. well, uh, so that was the Saturday games. So we move on to the Sunday games now. Um, so first up was the Liverpool Fulham game. Um, I don't think many would be surprised by the the outcome of this result um, with Liverpool where they are in the league and Fulham just conceding left, right, and centre. But Fulham had some good chances in this game, especially. Um, Right near the start of the game, when Sessegnon put his shot just wide, um, and obviously a disallowed goal for Fulham turns into a goal for for Liverpool. Um, did you think he was offside, Mitrovic? No, I didn't. I didn't no, think I he didn't. was either. I think I think there's a player in front of him who is marginally offside but Mitrovic is, is certainly level and I thought that was I'm not convinced any of them were offside if you look at the uh, I think it was was it Alexander-Arnold on the left yeah he was yeah. on the edge of the area I think he's playing them all onside to be honest I thought they were quite unlucky for them I thought that goal should have stood and then literally 30 seconds later Salah's put in one Wasn't in the back was it nine was it nine was it nine seconds oh. yeah I, I don't I don't think anyone surprised Liverpool won. I think there may be a few eyebrows raised about the scoreline. I think people probably thought Fulham were going to go there and take a, like a, a bit of a beating. Yeah. But the most surprising thing for me was, like you say, is it, I thought Fulham actually played pretty well. Obviously, Sessegnon's chance when he's, I mean, he's not clean through, but he's he's one on one coming in from the angle and, and sort of puts it wide. Uh, and then I think a few minutes later, Allison spilled a shot, but the ball sort of rebounded to a to a Liverpool defender to clear it. Uh, Salah had a couple of good chances in in the first half, so I thought it was quite even. But yeah, when it's not going your way, to to get a disallowed goal, pretty much you're you're still sort of remonstrating with the officials. Allison puts the ball down. Sort of, like I say, nine seconds later, you're one nil down. It's just, I think it's just the way it's going for Fulham at the moment, mm-hmm. which is good. a bit of a shame. I thought they played okay. Yeah, good finish uh, though by Shakiri for the second goal. Yeah, good cross. Yeah, it was a good finish. Good finish. It was a um, good finish. I this is this Fulham is always good. Fulham have got their issues defensively. One thing I thought, I thought they played so narrow at the back. I thought they just left. As they always do, they leave so much, so much room out wide. Yeah, and that's just one thing you don't do against anybody, let alone Liverpool. But that's um, the second game in a row now. I would say that I don't think Liverpool have played particularly well, but still come out 
with two wins and two clean sheets. So yeah. Yeah. But that's what I think about Spurs, to be honest. Take away the clean sheets. They're not playing well, but they're still winning. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, next up is the Chelsea-Everton game. Uh, where do I start? Um, it, it was I a... I think ve- just skip this. <laughs> yeah. Um, a very, not I wouldn't say frustrating game to watch, but I think it was one of those games come... 60 minutes of the game gone, it, it just looks like it had nil-nil. It just didn't look like anyone was going to create another chance. Um, I think chances were few and far. A couple of half chances for Chelsea, but I wouldn't, you know, on another day they might have gone in. Alonso had a good shot, good save from Pickford. Um, I thought but, had, had probably had the best chance. I think he probably had yeah, the best chance of the game. But I'd have to say... After having such a good game against, so I'm going to talk about Morata. I have never known a player to be caught offside so much in one half of football. Literally, the second half, I think he was caught offside in approximately about ten minutes, four times I counted, four times in ten minutes. And it's just, I don't, I don't think he had the best of games, did he? It's just. To be honest. It, it's just Sometimes he is so frustrating to watch. He, when he is best, he tries to take too many people on. I think that's the main thing. He, I think he thinks he can outpace some of the defenders, and, and he can. He, he just can. If if they worked with him to hold the ball up more, like they did with Costa, I just don't think he's a strong enough option for us and I do think come January I think Sarri will be saying that we need a, a stronger attacker. I know Giroud has his I, moments I, I but think, he's not scoring enough. Is that sort of player. I think I think that's part of the problem. I think Chelsea have almost been sport with Drogba and Costa. Yeah. Morata's not going to give you that. He, he's not the sort of player that's going to hold the ball up and Sort of wait for players to join in and play with his back to goal. Yeah, but he uh, he he has got a lot from these get. games. Who, who do you think you'll get in January? I mean, yeah, if you're I gonna, know, I know. Just... If you're almost going to be offered an awful lot of money for him, you're going to have to properly break the bank to get someone that's going to come in and overtake him. If you're going to take a loss on him, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. The thing that disappointed me for him was the two. There's a couple of points on this as, as a Chelsea fan, obviously, to get your view on the, the two penalty shouts that Morata had. Now, I personally think both of them, they weren't dives, but he goes down. It was just too easy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the problem, the, isn't it? The first one, when it comes in from the left, he's literally on the floor before the ball's within 10, 10 12 yards of him. So he's, he's blatantly looking for the penalty. And the second one, I mean, I think it's one of those balls, sort of, it's a decent ball from Fabregas. And I think he, Murata probably knows that he's not going to get to it or it's going to be sort of a 50-50 with a keeper. And he almost just seems to fall over. Mm. Which I think is a bit disappointing. The the big big one for me though, Chris Janinio. Is it Janinio or Jorginho? Or Jorginho, yeah. That's the one. 
I think he should have been sent off. I think his tackle on Sigurdsson... So, yeah. Put, 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 put an unbiased head on. If that was... If, well, not even if it was against one of your players... He, he scissor tackled him two feet. I would say he's gone off. He's gone yeah. off the ground. I don't know. I think that's a red card. I'm, I was I surprised think he didn't when get I seen off. it. When when you see it in, in game time, I wouldn't. I don't think it's when you see it in slow motion. I think that's when I thought that he was probably quite lucky. Um, he actually got substituted in, in in this game, which is quite odd. I didn't think he had yeah. one of his best no. games. But no, I was surprised by that, but. You you could also say that the Everton guy Bernard, I mean, he could have been sent off as well for his reaction. Um, oh, so he he against, him and Rudiger. Because, him because and Rudiger, if you remember a, a few maybe a month or so ago when Richard we were talking about Richarlison got sent off for Everton against Bournemouth away, yeah, for something very similar. And our view was kind of. Like if you're going to do something like that, you've almost got to expect to get sent off. And I, I think they were both lucky to stay on the pitch. If I'm honest. Jamie Car- Jamie Carragher said that Rudiger made the most of it, but that's Jamie Carragher. Yeah, I think he did. He's always going to be biased, but but if you if you make that action towards another player on the pitch, you, you know what you're doing. You're, you're asking for trouble, yeah, basically, if you exactly, do it. So, yeah. Um, just a quick stat here for you. Now you like your stats, but Sarri has broken a Premier League record now. Oh, every for... week you say this because he's gone another game without. Yeah, losing. he's actually broke. He's he's broken the record. He's breaking the record every week. So he's had twelve. He's the first manager to not lose a game in his first twelve games. So is he? He's he's broken his own record. From last week. So he's broken his own record of 11 games. Yeah. And he, uh, he'll be breaking it again this weekend as well. Yeah, they're not playing. Play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think he will, because he'll, he'll go another week without losing. Uh, I guess you're referencing that it's Chelsea Spurs in a couple of weeks, or ne- next week after next. It's a big game, that one, isn't it? Cause... That, that's going to be an interesting podcast. Yeah. One of us will be very quiet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would one suggest one of us will be away that, that week. I would suggest we just review that one game. Don't let's yeah, not worry yeah. about all the others. Could probably, yeah, we'll, we'll think of something. Got yeah. a few things that I can think of. Uh, but I'll summar- I'll summarise that one for Chelsea Everton. A good point for Everton, but frustrating for Chelsea. Indeed. Uh, so the Arsenal Wolves game, quite quite a quiet game. This one, um, but Arsenal were an absolute mess at the back for the for the Wolves goal. Um, this is they the almost, Arsenal they we love. Arsenal, didn't they? <laughs> it was almost sort of the sort of goal you'd expect Arsenal to score. Yeah, um, and I actually think the Wolves were probably disappointed that they only came out with a point in this game. I thought they looked dangerous when they went forward. Leno made a good few saves, um, but Wolves at the same time defended and blocked literally everything they could to stop Arsenal from scoring. So. It, but, the last five minutes, Wolves should have stolen it. Oh, yeah. Fortunes have changed a bit for Arsenal. I know pretty much each week we say that they're just winning game after game after game. But that's that's four draws in their last five now, and that's three draws in a row in the Premier League, which which isn't great for them. I mean, obviously they drew at Palace and they drew with Liverpool and then obviously the point against Wolves. But 
And it, it stopped a, a losing run for Wolves. It's their first point in their last four games. But I, I, I actually thought it was a was a pretty good game. I thought because, yeah. because Wolves scored so early, you almost expected Arsenal just to lay siege on their goal and then Wolves would have to sort of play on the counter, which probably would have been their game plan anyway. Oh, definitely, yeah. But, I mean... For once, you were right about Aubameyang and Lacazette, Chris. I mean, Aubameyang yeah. missed an absolute sitter. Hit the post, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm not. I mean, it was so much harder to miss than it was to score. But at the end, I think, like I said, I think Wolves would have been a bit, a bit disappointed. Leno kept Arsenal in the match without a doubt. Um, I thought Arsenal were a bit fortunate with the equaliser because it wasn't a shot. It was just one of those that. The ball's whipped into such a good area. As a defender, you're probably a bit a bit tentative about sticking Touch your leg it, in. Yeah. You think you're going to get an OG. But Wolves, uh, I mean, at 1-1 in the last five minutes, Wolves, I mean, they hit the bar. They had a couple of one-on-ones. Um, Teore came on with his pace. It's just frightening. Um, so... I'd say a draw was a fair result. Arsenal probably a bit lucky to get away away with a yeah. point in the end. I thought, yeah, I, I thought I thought Wolves did enough in that game. I think to to get. I thought they defended well and they counterattacked really well. So yeah, they're back so we'll, form. They're, they're, they're back. They're back playing how they, yeah. how they were at the start of the season. So we'll move on to the the Manchester derby. Um, obviously, one of the biggest games. If you you support one of those teams. Of the season, um, I just, I just feel f- for me, I think Man United went went about this game completely the wrong way. I thought the last thing you want to do is sit back and let Man City come at you, mm. and nothing is more telling than Man City had eighty seven percent possession in the first ten minutes. Yeah, um, it... and that's and and that the that's cost Man United the first goal. By just sitting back so much and just inviting Man City forward, I don't, I just don't understand why you would do that. I think, I think the best way to to get Man City, as you know, as other teams have done this season, you know, who managed to get draws out of them, they've actually attacked them, not sat. I was watching it on TV and there was at one point, literally, the main attack was just on the edge of their own box. It's just. Sometimes that works for Mourinho, though, doesn't it? I mean, he's yeah, been but to not against... a couple of times and parked the it's bus. It's going to work. Come away with a nil-nil, but yeah, it will work I, I against some of the the clubs at the bottom, but not not with a team that Man City have got. They they can they can create goals from anywhere. So it's it, for me. I just felt that they went about that the wrong it, way. It, it's funny how the fortunes of those two teams are sort of turned round over. I know. Sort of city have been one of the best teams in the league for for quite a few years now. Yeah. But one thing that really surprised me is Man United are in a negative goal difference, which seems unthinkable. For they United. are they are the Newport County of the Premier League. Mate. Well, they twenty one goals they've conceded in twelve games, which I mean you don't need to be a maths genius to realise that's nearly two goals a game. Compare that to City. They've got a goal difference of plus 31, which I'm is just that. ludicrous. But yeah. it it sort of grabbed my attention when the teams came out. And 
I think there's just such a gulf between the two teams. Now, no disrespect to the players that are coming in, but from from a United point of view, so Pogba, who you could probably say, I don't know, he's their best player. So Pogba's out, so who comes in? Fellaini. Lukaku's not playing. Rashford's playing up front. Now, Rashford is a good player. Fellaini's a good player. But if you if you compare that to, like, um, Man City, for example, so um, I think it was midweek, Jesus played up front instead of Aguero. So he's out and Aguero comes in. Um, so, uh, Mares comes back in for Sane. The, the, the level of player that they're able to replace with between the two teams, I think, is... It is that there's so much of a difference. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Between... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they've they've yeah. got they've almost got a second team, haven't they? Within their substitutes, they've they've yeah. a mean, team that would rival most other teams in the Premier League. I don't I don't want to put Fellaini down. You can put I, him down. I, 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 I mean, I doubt he listens to this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does. If you do, Marouane, I'm sorry, but. He's a decent player and he does a job for you, but his job isn't coming in, starting a game against Man City. His his job is more coming on in the last 10, 15 minutes. To shut up, shot. Yeah, or get a goal. He can do either, can't he? Rashford, as good a player he is, he's not a striker like Lukaku is. He's not going to hold the ball up. He's not going to draw two or three defenders out. He's, I mean... He wants to get the ball at his feet and attack. So maybe he was used as an outlet on the break. But I just, there's such a gulf between the two at the moment, really. I mean, from from the game perspective, Man City were all over him. I mean, it, it was a penalty for United. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what Edison's doing, really. He probably he gave, just needs to stay on his feet and sort of push him He gave away a similar than... one last weekend as well against Southampton. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you I mean, have to watch Martial, out for that. But how good Martial, was the third goal for Man City? Oh, crikey! It was like, was it? Did, did I, you I see the highlight? <laughs> it, it felt like I was watching that for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but do, do you know the other thing, right? So that's the 86th minute of the match of a Manchester derby. Yeah. From a United point of view, you're two-one down. Not one United player. And I, I think, I, I may be wrong, but I think every City player apart from the keeper touched the ball in that match. They did, yeah, that's right. But but not one United player was breaking their back to, to close anyone down or to get the ball back. With, with five minutes to go, you're, you're, not, you're still in the game. And oh, it was yeah. almost as if they just thought, oh, we'll just let them pass it, it around. Was, we'll take, yeah, we'll take a 2-1. When they're passing it around, it is only 2-1, isn't it? So it's not... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just on a side note, it was it was great to see Sir Alex Ferguson back. Yeah, I was about to. I was think. I was thinking. I wonder what he's thinking but, of this and the stands. That that would never happen no, under no. his management. Never. It would be the other way round. It would be Man United passing the ball round and, yeah, and Man City. You only have to yeah. look at um, Guardiola's reaction to to <laughs> Sterling at the end when the crowd were doing the olays and City were sort of flicking it around to each other. And I read he had a go at Sterling for being a bit too cocky with the ball. They're 3-1 up with seconds to go. Yeah, yeah. 
And Guardiola is demanding absolute perfection from his team. Whereas I think I could have closed the ball down better than United were doing. It's just just such, it's such a difference between the two teams. United are miles away from City at the moment. Miles away from them. Nine points, isn't it? Exactly. Nine points. Nine points away. Well, nine points equals half a mile. I don't know. And it's November. <laughs> We're only in November. Yeah. Do you think well, by by May, when Chelsea win in the league, they'll be miles behind Chelsea? So anyway, uh, <laughs> just skip over that one. <laughs> so that was the uh, review of the Premier League games. Uh, Rich is going to go through the uh, championship review. Yeah, so it's been it's been a couple of weeks since I've actually looked at the championship table, but it, it's almost unrecognisable from when I uh, when I last looked at it. Looked at it. So uh, Norwich are now top of the table um, after claiming their fifth winner in a row at the weekend. They beat Millwall four uh, three. I said to Adam, they've they've come from nowhere last week, yeah, haven't they? They've literally come from nowhere. Yeah. Um, and it was it was it was quite an epic game, really. They, Norwich got a, a winner in the 97th minute. Uh, so, in in the actual 90th minute, so going into injury time, they were three two down. They equalised in the 92nd to make it three three, uh, and then got the winner five minutes after that. So there was a, a hell of a lot of injury time in that game, and they also missed a penalty. So. Uh, not only are they top of the league, they, they seem to be pretty entertaining to watch at the moment. Uh, Middlesbrough are in second. They're two points behind Norwich. Uh, and they claimed their first win in four games after three consecutive draws. They beat Wigan 2-0 at home. The four teams that make up the playoff places, there was a bit, bit of mixed results over the last few weeks. It was only West Brom, who are currently in fifth, who won at the weekend. Uh, they beat third place Leeds 4-1 uh, at the Hawthorns, which was a late kickoff on Saturday, which, to be fair, beating Leeds 4-1 is a pretty good result for West Brom. Definitely. So uh, they're, they're in the mix with the playoffs. Uh, Sheffield United sitting fourth. They picked a point up on Friday night in the uh, derby against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, United, Sheffield United have only picked up five points from the last 15, so they're not in great form at the moment. And they missed a penalty in that game. Uh, no win in five now for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, a game I'm sure you had a lot of interest in, Chris. Derby, Aston Villa. Yep, Terry and, uh, Terry Lampard. and Lampard. One uh, of them came off a lot better than the other one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but, but Derby are still in the playoff places, although they fell to a 3-0 defeat at home to Villa, which wasn't a... Um, Great result for them, but they're still in the mix for the playoff places. Uh, at the bottom, it's probably a bit more familiar from what we've spoken about before. Ipswich are still bottom, despite getting a 2-2 draw away at Reading. Bolton are second to bottom after a 1-0 home defeat against Swansea, which was their fourth defeat in a row now for Bolton. Uh, Hull make up the bottom three, but they did get a point in a 3-3 draw away at Birmingham. A bit of a mixed game for Hull, really. They were 2-0 down. Uh, They came back to lead 3-2, only to concede the equaliser in the 84th minute. So, I guess after being 2-0 down, you think it's a good point. But being 3-2 up with with seven minutes to go, you probably think it's two points dropped. Uh, 
I do like to keep an eye out for the teams that are on form in the championship, uh, which I know we did with Norwich before, and now they're top. Uh, but QPR, um, who at the beginning of the season were taking a bit of a battering, but they've won five of their last seven uh, and only lost one in that time. So they're only, and they're only two points off the playoffs currently. So uh, keep an eye on QPR. They seem to be on the up. He won manager of the month, didn't he, Steve McLaren? So yeah, I I didn't I forgot he was there. To be Go honest, so under he, the yeah, radar, he's, obviously, he's obviously doing something right. Yeah, they're yeah. On, a, on a good run of form. All right, just so, before FA Cup, Chris. Yeah, just before the FA Cup one. I don't know if you've seen this this week, but four managers have been sacked um, between League One and League Two. Um, quite. Four in the space of two days. It's quite a lot, isn't it? And Harry, that, yeah, that is a lot. Harry Kuehl got sacked today for Notts County. Uh, Shrewsbury let go of their manager. Uh, Phil Brown lost his job at Swindon. And Neil, Neil Ardley got sacked from AFC Wilman after just set out over seven years in charge. So, mm. yeah, so, Crazy. Yeah, so the FA Cup review... Um, We'll, uh, we'll start with, unfortunately, the biggest shock of the round. Oh, we've got a goal montage. No, not this. This is awful. Oh, no. This is the biggest shock at Hewish Park. So, Stockport County defeated Yeovil by three goals to one. So, Yeovil are out of the FA Cup already. What league is Stockport in? Two, two below. National. They'll be in the north right now. The National... North, Ouch. not the south. Yeah. So, oh. so the the third Stockport goal came from a huge goalkeeping and defender error where they decided to run into each other and the ball fell nicely to the the Stockport County striker who ran inside the box and put it into an empty net. They clearly want to focus on the league this year. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, it's just a bit of a shame we really, go out first round after you know last season, but never mind. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Haringey uh, were mighty close to a replay against AFC Wimbledon on Friday night, but AFC Wimbledon scored a late goal, so they won that one. Uh, the biggest win on Saturday in the FA Cup was Bury beating Dover by five goals to nil. Aldershot managed a good draw against Bradford. That was one all. And Tranmere were very lucky against Oxford City. That one ended 3-3. Tranmere scoring a late goal in the 89th minute. But to Oxford City striker Tishimanga, I've probably absolutely murdered his name there, uh, scored a hat-trick for Oxford City in that one. Um, So, uh, yeah. So another non-league tie between Southport and Bournemouth ended in Southport winning by two goals to nil. Uh, a 94th-minute goal for Plymouth meant that they secured a place in the second round, and that helped me on predictions, actually, that, that result. Uh, Maidstone beat Marcuson by two goals to one, uh, and there were also wins on Saturday for Portsmouth, Accrington, Stanley, Barnsley, Peterborough, Blackpool, Lincoln, Newport, Rochdale, Scunthorpe, and Woking. Moving on to Sunday's games, uh, Salford drew one all away against Shrewsbury, which is quite a good result for Salford. Whilst Chorley also got a well-earned draw against Doncaster. 
Chorley were down to 10 men in that one for the last 30 minutes and managed to hold on. Uh, a great game between Geisley and Cambridge. Uh, Geisley ended up winning this one 4-3. They were 4-0 up in this game and then Cambridge scored three goals in the last sort of 20 minutes. So they almost got it back to 4 all in that one. Uh, Solihull Moores defeated Hitchin by two goals to nil, and there were also wins for Fleetwood, Sunderland, and Wrexham. And then last night, uh, yeah, last night, uh, Oldham beat Hampton and Richmond by two goals to one. Oldham scoring in the 95th minute. Yeah, that was good. Still, there's still quite a few non league teams in So, yeah, there are a few still. Yeah, I think. Yeah. As long as you can get some some that survive and that they've still got the dream alive of a big time. Yeah, there's, so there's some as well that good. have got draws. Like Aldershot, they got a draw against Bradford. Uh, obviously, Stockport through. Obviously, the draw was made yesterday. So, Woking as well were through. So, yeah, yeah. You always like to see one, at least two or three non-league sides in, in yeah, the third round. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good for the competition they stay in. But yeah, so that was uh, well, a mixed review of the Championship and the FA Cup. Uh, but yeah, that is about it for uh, part one. So part two, we've got the special topic of players coming out of retirement uh, for both club and country. Um, so yeah, we will see you in part two. And welcome back to part two of episode 13 of View from the Sideline podcast. So we're going to carry on with our special topic this week, where with the news that Wayne Rooney is coming back to play for England on Thursday against the USA, we are going to talk about players who come out of retirement. So whether it's for club and country or both in, in this section, so I will pass it over to you, Chris, to kick us off on this one. So, yeah, so uh, obviously, like Rich said, the news of Rooney will play a part of uh, Thursday's friendly against the USA. Uh, I, I, you know, Southgate has come out and already said that he won't start, he won't captain, he will just be making an appearance. Um, a lot of different views on this. And I, I think it's, I think I've... Out of all the things I've read, it has literally been 50-50 on on the subject. Um, You know, there are players who have done it before, but obviously, you know, Wayne Rooney being the most current person to do it. But, you know, I've I've actually changed my mind two or three times on the whole situation. First off, I wasn't aware that it was an actual like sanctioned friendly if you get what I mean I thought it was because what I had read it felt like it was some sort of charity match but then I found out he's actually going to win a cap for uh, for England for it Um, but I just you know a lot of people are saying that it's going to stop younger players from getting a chance for playing for England but I've seen like the the team that he's picked I wouldn't say that you know people are going to be missing out because from what I'm aware he's only really going to be playing 30 minutes tops so 
and he's likely to be bought off before the end of the game anyway. So, well, yeah. So I just, I, I don't, I, I don't think I've changed my mind on it. I, I don't, I don't understand why it's happening. Is my, is my honest view. It seems very so, strange because. But, but I've read I've I read today that he's coming on. So the plan is for him to come on for the last half an hour or so of the game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think my my questions would be I don't know why he's coming back. So I mean he's on a hundred and I think he's on a hundred and nineteen caps. So is he is he coming back just to round that up to a hundred? Well, this is what I mean. So the the actual match itself is. The proceeds are going to one of his charities that he is is affiliated with. Yeah. But he's he's still even if he plays, he get he gets his cap on Thursday, he would still be five behind the all time cap record. So yeah. it, it just doesn't and make a, and he's already the leading scorer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if the match was not against the USA, do you think he would be playing? No. Then I don't not, see the not, point of it. Personally. I, I don't. I and, don't think if this is well, a match, uh, just a normal friendly against Andorra or Belgium, I don't. I think because he is associated with the USA now, I think that they're thinking he should come back. But I want to know what I would love to know is whose idea this was, because yeah, absolutely. you look. You look at Southgate. You know when he took over as England manager. He said that he wanted to. He wanted the younger talent from the squad. He wanted to bring them forward, and it just doesn't feel like this. This is South. This is like Southgate's idea. I think it's a. I think it's a bit of a publicity. You think it's publicity? Yeah. For but would you say publicity more for the American League? I think it's probably publicity for the FA. To be honest with you, so if you if you think back to the uh, World Cup squad announcement where Southgate was uh, saying that he wasn't taking Joe Hart because he felt that Joe Hart's time was maybe up with with the England team and there was younger younger keepers that he would rather take. I don't I don't necessarily think that's that's one of the driving reasons that I don't agree with it for this because. By Rooney being in the squad, he—I don't think he's necessarily stopping uh, younger players from getting an opportunity. I think it goes against everything that that he has said in on that subject since he took over as England manager. Yeah. Um, unless his arms being forced to have. Well, this to is what him. I think. But, it it but must I, be. It I must honestly be. thought when I first read about it, I thought it was. It was almost like a, a, it was a charity thing that he would be because there was a match organised between England and America, and because he's now in the MLS, um, that it, it was just going to be. And I, I know it's a one-off. I, as far as I'm aware, he's not making himself available for future England squads. No, no, no. But I just think it's made a bit of a mockery of it, to be honest. And I, I think that. If you're a professional footballer, I, I would imagine, I'm, I'm sure I would if I was a professional footballer, I would want to play football at the highest level for as long as I possibly could. So if I was to retire or make myself unavailable for selection, it would be because I didn't feel that I could 
perform play. At that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if Everton had offered Rooney another deal, he probably would have stayed. Oh but yeah, yeah, he would have. He's, yeah. he's gone out to the MLS and he and he's proved that he he's still able to play at a decent level. I know the MLS isn't at the same level as the Premier League, but if Rooney knew that he was, he still had enough to offer. Why, why, why make yourself unavailable yeah. in the first place? That, that is that's a good point, and it's. I think it's. Why I why come back? I I just. Is there not a way that he could have just done this without actually playing in the game? Like, just, you know, just coming on at half-time? Or, yeah. I, I don't know, because like, a lot of the pundits are saying, like you said, it, it's kind of making a mockery of, you know, the international matches as it is. And, you know, friendlies don't have the best reputation at all, especially from a manager's point of view. Uh, but just quickly going back to the point about him... He was saying he's taking a place off of someone else. Am I not right in thinking about five or six of the actual team that were picked have pulled out already because of injuries? So I, you know, and Callum Wilson, I'm 100% sure he might not play a part against the USA, but he will probably get a chance against Croatia because Rooney, from what I'm, I'm aware, Rooney is not available for the Croatia game. They've literally said it is a one-off. On Thursday, but, but, but I just so think they could have done so it. What's some... the reason he's available for the USA game? This is what I don't. Oh, this yeah, is, this, is... this is what I this is what I'm struggling with a bit. Because well, maybe only, this is the, the only agreement that I can see is that he's getting an extra cap, but I don't. I don't see the. It, it almost it reminds me a bit of Beckham, because I, I think before Beckham retired, I mean he didn't come out of retirement. Uh, for England, but he was he was in and around the squad, and he was always on the bench, and there was always such a um, there was such sort of a willingness from the public that he would get that that cap that he needed. I don't know if it was his hundredth or what it was. I can't remember. And I think he came on for like three minutes or four minutes at the end of a game just to get that cap. Yeah. Now, to me, that's different because you know. Everybody kind of knew that he was on his way out, that he was retiring from international football. But this is almost the flip side, where where Rooney's come back, but no one seems to be too sure exactly why he's coming back. He's, he's I think not, he, I think he yeah. just left how he left as the, the nation's top record goal scorer, hundred plus caps, one of the best players to ever play for England. And I just, I just. Feel it's, he's going to be remembered for coming back for this almost cameo. That I mean, he he, he might have a shocker. He might <laughs> have a complete that. shocker, and I then don't that's what the he'll point. be remembered for. If he if he's coming back, he has to score a goal. I I, I just don't. If he comes back and does nothing for thirty minutes, then like so, what is the point? He has at least he must at least have to score a goal to make it even worthwhile. I just, yeah, but, but, but I don't even know what that gives you, because all he's done is stretch his record by one. I mean, he's that far out. I don't think anyone's going to catch him anyway. Well, no. probably not in the well. Harry Kane might, but Maybe I mean, Harry, that's, that's scared the, of Harry Kane, mate. Might, might. Well, yeah. But just a let's quick see what, question: let's see What happens if they get a penalty? Quick question. So yeah. he is playing in the MLS at the moment, and he has played. 
I would say, quite well over there. Yeah. If he hadn't have retired, do you think he would still be getting picked for England based on the last three months of how he has been in the MLS? If he was, if he was playing at the level he's playing at now in the Premier League, yeah, I think he would. I yeah. think he would be. That's exactly what I thought. I just think that Southgate is getting his arm bent on this one. I think they've said to him, "It's got, it's, it's got to happen." But literally, just for this one, because what's the, what's for him to stop him? Then saying, well, actually, I've, I've changed my mind. You know, I want to start playing for England again. He's not going to get picked. So no, I, he's I not, just... but I mean, I don't think he'd ever say that because because he knows he wouldn't get picked, which makes the, which makes the whole reason about why he's included yeah. in, on this occasion that, that, that little bit more harder to understand. So he's not, he is not the only one that's ever done this. Uh, I think the other most notable one was probably Paul Scholes. So this was at club level. Well, he was he was that good. He retired. Uh, he, went and to, then, he went to sports soccer and bought a pair of boots and on the actual day, apart. yeah. So he this was six months into his retirement. He actually came back out of retirement to help Manchester United because I think at the time they were struggling in midfield, and it was it was Fergie at the time, wasn't it? So I think so. he obviously knew so he, he like called. He put the Batman symbol up, and Paul Scholes seen it, and he was uh, like you said, yeah. I, I read a story saying that he he didn't have any boots, so he had to go buy some. And then, like you said, he turns up for May United first game back, plays against Man City, and you know he has a man of the match performance. So I don't know. I, I'm fifty fifty on the idea. Like it's it's good to see him one more time in an England shirt, but. I think there's other ways they could have done that. They could have just stuck an England shirt on him and just got him to parade around yeah, at half time. But I, mean, I, I don't want to nitpick, but I don't I don't understand that. I don't I don't know how how we could say that it's good to see him in an England shirt one last time. Well, yeah, I didn't Why? mean necessarily I mean, playing. If, I didn't if I, you like think, if you think about the, the, how successful England were at the World Cup, and to be honest with you, I don't think anybody in the country would have said, oh, if Rooney was still playing for us, we would have won that. Uh, we've got Harry Kane now. Who's, who's no, Wayne Rooney? I just, I've, got, I've got a lot of respect for Wayne Rooney, for what he's done, um, what he's done in the game, what he's done for, for England. I think he, he seems like a, a decent guy. I know he's had his problems off the pitch, etc. But I just, and he is playing very, very well. Um, obviously, playing well at the level of the MLS is different to playing well um, at that same level in the Premier League. I mean, for him to be as uh, sort of high profile and that as he is in in America, he would be have to have to be playing out of his skin in the Premier League to be at the same sort of level. Yeah, but I just. I... I don't know. I just kind of think if he gets a half hour cameo and then it's all done, I, I'm, I'm still not sure we're, we're going to know what the what the whole point of it was really. Nothing against the guy, but I just I think his times his times been his time yeah. has passed. It's 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 time to to build for the future for England after a great World Cup. And yeah, I I don't get it personally. 
very confusing. I, think... I know my view on this one. I haven't changed my mind. I, just, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't know why he's doing it. Oh, we'll have to see. But just as we come off the subject, I have got another quick story for you. Um, so Mark Overmars, remember Mark Overmars? Yeah. He retired, and then he, and then four years later, he played in the Appstam's testimonial, and. He well, that's okay. Some... You can come back for a testimonial. That's for this then, right? Get this. Apparently, he had such a good game that he had team. He had teams queuing to sign him, and he actually ended up coming out of retirement and playing in the Dutch league for Go Ahead Eagles. So that, yeah. that's a good story, Chris. Four years. Four years after retiring. Well, I mean, if you've got it, you've got it. He was. A, he was a very good player, though, Mark Overmars. So yeah, okay. so, that was, so that we'll, was we'll, wrap, we'll wrap the that topic. topic up there. We sort yeah. of focus more on Rooney, but I guess that's the that's the most relevant example at the moment. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on Thursday, and uh, next week we can uh, maybe do another special on Rooney's world class performance <laughs> yeah. against yeah, the USA. Hat- 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 and, say, yeah. <laughs> and, his, and his future England prospects. Yeah, yeah. What what a player. <laughs> All right, yeah, so, um, absolutely. Rich, you've got a bit about uh, predictions that you're trying to go through. Yes, I just want to cover predictions quickly. So, uh, although it's an international break uh, this weekend, we are carrying on with predictions because there's an almost full schedule in Leagues 1 and 2. So, uh, the guest predictor this week is Mike. Uh, so, the list of predictions are on Twitter, they're on Facebook, and they're on the website. I think they're on Instagram as well, Chris. Yeah, Is that right? they're on, the, yeah, yeah. They're on Instagram. Yeah. And they're on the website at www.vftsl.co.uk, uh, where you can also see the uh, up-to-date predictions table. So a few high scores over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jamie is still top with, with 30. Um doesn't look like anyone's going to get near him, to be honest. But uh, that's why we, we we want to invite people on. We want to invite people to give it a go to see if you can uh, knock him off top spot. Chris and uh, mine's average have gone back up. So yeah, we've we've um, so we're on week eleven of the predictions uh, this coming weekend. So um, the table's getting pretty uh, chock a block. But yeah, absolutely, we're inviting people to. Uh, to come and have a go if you think you can uh, take on myself and Chris and try and knock Jamie off the top. It's not, it's but, not difficult to beat us either. It's, 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 well, I don't it's know, Chris. We're on, uh, we're on a bit of form lately. But uh, like, like I say, if you go to uh, if you go to the website, you can see full details. So we've uh, we've got all the previous weeks, so all eleven uh, weeks worth of predictions, and then the combined. Uh, table on the website so uh yeah check it out on there and uh just get in touch if you want to have a go so uh the teaser rich uh yeah so I, I think i know who it is i was I, going to answer it when you gave it to me but i thought that would steady on break I thought, no i thought that would break the suspense if, if i'm wrong now this is going to so uh the the question was who was last season's top scorer in the fa cup i gave rich a clue i said he currently plays in the championship and rich who is who was the top scorer in the FA Cup last season? Is is this man on fire? Da, 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 da. <laughs> it is, is it Will Grigg? It was Will Grigg, yeah. Yeah. 
Q will great music. Yeah. That would have been so impressive. I actually knew that. I so yeah, that. he was the top scorer last season in the FA Cup. I think he had seven. He had seven. So yeah, good luck. Yeah, I'm yeah, happy. 2-1 to me. I'm making these too easy. That's, t- that's two in two weeks that's I've given teasers. That's not right. easy. If we just, you're just dealing with people that have got a high level of football knowledge, Chris. Yeah, all right. That's what uh, it is. So uh, that is about it, I think, for this week. Uh, Rich, you got anything to add? Uh, no, not really. Do you want to just take us through what, we're, what we've got coming up next week, Chris? Yep, so next week uh, we have got all the usual bits uh, that we've done. Uh, so Rich will have the teaser. Uh, the weekend review uh, will not be there um, for the Premier League. but um, I believe there won't be one for the Championship either, but we will have one for League 1 and 2. Special topic next week, is the Premier League really the best league in the world? So this is one that Rich has picked and I know for a fact that this is quite a big topic and there'll be a lot of opinions on this one. Uh, so it's a good topic. Uh, yeah. So other than that, uh, ways to get in touch. Uh, it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Just search for you for the sideline. We will come up on top of the search. Um, but yeah, anything else, Rich? No, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think the, the topic next week, because we, uh, because we're lo- losing, the, well, especially the Premier League review, we'll we'll sort of make next week's episode into into more of a special around that because I think it's it's a really good chance for us on the podcast to do something we haven't yet done yet, which is have a sort of a, a bit of a proper look at the other European leagues, which uh, which we, we don't normally do. We focus on the uh, on the on the English league, so it'd be good to uh, do a bit of a comparison and hopefully get a bit closer to answering that uh, age-old question about is it is is it actually the best league in the world? Find out next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we will answer the question. We are we are going to answer that question. <laughs> we are. But so, yeah. We must cater, but obviously we've got to cater for our listeners overseas. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, we, we have got too, a few. We don't so... want to be too biased about uh, about the Premier League, so we'll we'll uh, we'll give all the other all the other top leagues around Europe, especially the A League. We've got lots and lots on the A League. <laughs> I think we can safely say the Premier League is a better league than the A League. So I think we'll all leave right. it at that. All right, um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that is that is it really for this week. Uh, so. It is goodbye um, from me, but uh, Rich, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. And speak, why, to speak to you next week. I am going to leave you with probably the funniest internet clip you will see this year. The best league in the world, the most watched league in the world. I'd give them all the help they need, because clearly they cost us two points a day. It's a joke. Before we got to bed, this week worked hard, come here to get three points. We deserve three points today, we've been let down by the officials, that's why we didn't get three points.